Hey guys, what's going on? It's John Ryan here from No Holding Back, kicking off another week of sports. We're looking at the Warriors-Portland series that just ended with a sweep of the Warriors just KOing Portland with Portland blowing another 17-point lead. Then we're going to get into the Toronto-Milwaukee uh, series, which seems to be like the series that we were all waiting for. And then we're going to wrap it up with um, some some golf, um, Pebble Beach coming up with the U.S. Open, but obviously the big story is Brooks going wire-to-wire with a back-to-back PGA championship. We're going to even get into boxing where Deontay Wilder decided that he wanted to take a body, didn't get the body, but ended up knocking the guy out in the first round. And then lastly, since Game of Thrones is over, Ryan and I wanted to get into our top five shows of all time. So uh, starting with this, we are going to get into Warriors Portland. Yeah, well, this is never even became a series, huh? I mean, we didn't think it was. I, yeah, I. It's just so many things going on, right? Durant being out, you would have thought Portland they had momentum, but just turns out missing Nurkic, their number two guy going in the series, Dame separating his ribs. I think a lot of that showed in the games that they had the leads and let it slip. Not to take anything away from the Warriors. Man, their offense has been just another level. I think the biggest person to me is Draymond, right? You could have said he was washed up with his recent stats. Last year's playoffs, this season, averaging seven points. His all-round numbers were down, rebounds, steals. You name it, he was down. He was he was kind of out. And then this playoff, something lit a fire up under his ass. and. Yeah. It's been a new yeah, man. I, well, Draymond has always been to me like the heart and soul of that team. So it, it doesn't surprise me the way that he was able to really kind of get that team going. But I think – Yeah, but like, look at la- – my thing is like look at last year's playoffs, well, right? Even regardless of regardless of Draymond, I, I think taking Draymond out of it, I think one of the, one of the key points of the series had to be the bench. I mean, by by the second quarter, or no, yeah, like two minutes left in the coming, huh? first quarter, I think Kerr had played you, ten guys already. You you think that's partially because Portland played two seven games? No, no, I don't. I, I don't. Listen, you can't make excuses by seven game series or or they had it had it rough going in. I mean, you some people like to do that. That's just not the way that I think because you're playing the eighty two games anyway. Just and you're getting a lot more rest than you were in previous years. Right. I'm. I'm just trying to think of how they. I just freight rolled them like that. I just think that when it came down to the X's and O's. Everyone thinks that the reason why the Warriors are so good is because they have they have Steph, they have Clay, they have Draymond, and then you know Durant and, and you know Boogie and what have you. But I think this series ended up really showing how good of a coach Steve Kerr is to me, because you had Bogut, who they signed coming over from the Australian Basketball League. <laughs> Then they had uh, McKinley, who was over in, in Luxembourg the year before so, that. Yeah, yeah, yes and no, right? Because last series we were talking about how some of these players weren't even playable versus the Rockets. But they didn't need to play. They couldn't play. They couldn't be on the court. I, I, don't, I don't really think that's the case. I just don't think that they, were, they, they needed to play. And remember, last night Andre Iguodala didn't play either. So you're talking you're talking about three guys that are nursing some big 
some big-time injuries going into this NBA Finals. You know, Bogut ended up coming up with, you know, I think he ended up going 8-10. and 10. Uh, McKinley ended up going 12-10. and 10. Uh, what's his name? Looney ended up going 12 and 10. I, those are big time numbers for players that shouldn't be playing. It was Looney. Right. That's for that Dan is sure. sure. But, and then how about we talk about, you know, the, the Trailblazers blowing another 17 point lead. Right. This has been three games in a row in, in this same series that they decided to blow a big lead. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is for them. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, could it be some of that? Like, Dame hasn't looked himself Well, he has a rib injury. You can give him that. Right. I mean, this past game was probably his best game that he's played all series. Right. And, and it looks like C.J. McCollum has been the only guy on that team with some spark. Well, th- there isn't much depth from Portland after you get... Uh, from a guard standpoint, I mean Rodney Hood's no. Rodney Hood's their their two guard, but he's not coming and, in for either of those guys. And what rest are they and getting? He, and he's so hit or miss, man. Rodney Hood, he's streaky. He's very streaky. And Yurkage going in the playoffs, right? We're not, not making excuses again for him, but he was their number two player going in at the end of the year. He, right, hands right. down. But them getting Enos Cantor was a pretty good consolation prize. He was averaging a double double throughout the playoffs. Yeah, but that's just my thing. When you have these fill-in guys, how long does that last right. for? Right, and Seth Curry ended up coming off of it. I'm, granted, I think we all wanted to see Brother Portland. Complex. Brother Complex. Brother Complex. Well, I mean, there, there were some like rumors that were going on that the reason why that Steph ended up traveling late at the end of the game was because he wanted to make it a, a make it a more entertaining series. I'm like, listen, I got a younger brother too. The hell yeah. he does. He wants to rub right. that in. I got a younger brother right too. I am not dinner. in no way giving him the no sympathy, none whatsoever. And regardless if he's bigger than me, because he is bigger than me, and he can kick the shit out of me now because he's just a fucking mule. Um, I, I would take advantage of every chance that I get, and I did it before he was able to really fight back. So that's what just big brothers do. So I think we need a celebrity <laughs> boxing match up in here, <laughs> like billions. Yeah. Hopefully it's not as pathetic. <laughs> That's for shit sure, man. That is for shit sure. All right. So what what do we think about the game tonight, right? This is a series. I, I think you saw this more than I did. I was more confident in the Raptors. Uh, I think you- <laughs> Milwaukee, especially shooting the way they did, I saw. Where the hell did Brooks Lopez come from the first game? This clown coming out of nowhere. Yeah, because of that game, he ended up being the talk of the town in Lakerland for some stupid reason. I don't know why. Yeah, they want him back yeah, or something. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, the Lakers to, to date like the Kardashian stepsister now or something. I can't even deal with the that whole I'm, saga. I'm kidding with no, that. You you probably not because you know they get around pretty quickly. Those those ladies over there. <laughs> but back to the game. I mean, uh, we saw the first two games and we're like, oh man, Milwaukee's popped them in the mouth. And Giannis started playing yeah. on another level, but the- I, 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 just to me, I just was waiting for Toronto to get started. And look, even after the last game, Toronto had everything clicking, and Milwaukee was right there, never backing down. I I agree, and it was very surprising because they ended up getting pretty big contributions from Kyle Lowry. You need to take care. You need to take care of business and take advantage of when he does when he goes out and ends up balling the way he was. I I think the most interesting stats we were looking at was. 
Kawhi mm. being able to shut down Giannis. Right. And we spoke about that uh, leading up to, I believe it was either last week's show or the week before that, that it was going to be interesting what type of bodies that they were going to throw at Giannis. And Toronto was making all these type of adjustments in game one and game two. And then finally they decided, you know what, we're going to have to bite the bullet and make Kawhi play. But that's why you sit Kawhi 20 games in the regular season for this exactly. exact reason. Exactly, he's already done that. But why does it take to game three to make that adjustment? I think you're trying to capitalize on a situation. If you don't, then you go back. You're not losing home. You're not really losing home court. I think it would have been different if Toronto had the number one seed and they had home court advantage. I thought that change would probably would have been made a game earlier. But, but listen, listen, it's 2-1. They're still in Toronto. If <laughs> At the end of the day, if they win this game, does it really matter? I mean, you'd rather be up True. 2-1 right True. now. But, yeah, I mean, uh, that's why it's the playoffs. Like, decisions like that are crucial by the coach. Well, the, and I think we saw that in the Philly series, the previous right. series, was that it took the Raptors mm-hmm. a while to keep making adjustments. It's Well, he's not, you know, he's a new coach. They fired Dwayne Casey last year, so he's kind of getting his, his feet wet in regards Bearings to... and right. all. So, um, and Kawhi's playing big minutes. That That's the biggest problem is once you take Kawhi off of the floor, now you have issues. So I think yeah. they need to really get, to get a game plan together where they're balancing his minutes and really, really um, mimicking what Milwaukee's doing. And better get some moon boots for Sergi Ibaka. Oh, well, the, he needs to play. What's, um, um, you know, Marcus even though he fouled out last game, he needs to get uh, more physical in there. And it, it's very, very stop. It's very, very hard to stop a guy who's 6'11 and can Euro step from the foul line. Right. So I think... Toronto is going to win this game tonight because I see, you know, Drake in a Giannis jersey on the sideline and and, and Kawhi being on Giannis the majority of the game. But with that being said, this is this is Giannis's game. If he wants to make a statement, this is the game he needs to do so. You got shut down by Kawhi last game. You need to you need this is your statement game. I think it's going to be fun. I'm still sticking my prediction. I think Toronto's going to be able to pull this right. off. But, but your five-game prediction ain't going to work, though. Well, the hell it is. <laughs> like, there's no way that's possible. I was completely off with that one. Um, you can piggyback yeah. off of me with the seven. It's okay. I'll let you. I'll let you. <laughs> so, but they better pull this one out. If not, we're talking about a completely different series. Going back to Milwaukee. And if they lose this game, I think this series is over. I, I think Milwaukee takes yeah, it. This is the key. They're not this coming is the out. Key game. Because you can't go in. Now you've lost the advantage. Right. And you're talking about a team that, what, they, nev- they lost three times, I think, twice in a row this year. Never three times right. in a row. And, you know, only a handful – how many times they lose this year? Wasn't that many? So no, they, what they have the they have the best record going into right. uh, the so, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, their quality opponent at the end of the year, but whatever. Now they're starting to put it up, so it's, you're starting to run out of room to deny them as being a good team. And it's going to have great implications for the NBA Finals, right? If Milwaukee comes out of this game, this series winning, they have the home court advantage over the Warriors, who've had home court advantage, I believe, the last five times they've been in the Finals, which is a record, by the way. Yeah. Um, 
So that make that, I think that makes it very, very interesting to see kind of how the dynamic of these two teams um, go into the finals, especially with the Warriors having 10 days off. Hey, we know who I'll be rooting for. Anyone come out of the East. For what reason? <laughs> no, seriously, what reason, Ryan? Tell me. What's the reason? What's the reason why you only care for the East? Only care for the East. I'm just tired of the Warriors' antics. I'm tired of hearing about them. I'm tired of hearing but about them. But are they really antics? The are they really antics? How are they not? It was a. It, Look, the team was built from the ground up, and they added one superstar. Yeah, they've been doing great. I'm just tired. <laughs> what about Time you? for the next show. Your 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 Sixers ended up having two grown stars, and they added two uh, players. From from where I'm sitting, that's a little bit worse. Yeah, they they butchered that rebuild, man. Oh, here we go. It, not by choice. Hey, you brought it up. Um, yeah, let, let's move on. Okay, it's enough of that. Oh, you're very sensitive here. Okay, all right, that's fine with me. Just. It's just upsetting, and there's no need to keep ranting about these guys. So what about uh, this? this So, yeah, our lack of Tiger this weekend falling right out. Well, you you think there's something to do with him being off and having to golf with Brooks? Uh, No. I don't. I... I don't think it's, it has anything to do with Brooks. I think I think it has more to do with him, right? So, um, coming into the tournament, he he took a month off. That took a month and off. Had big lawsuit against him. Right, but with, I, that that whole thing it, that's just a little distraction. And the the lawsuit for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Tiger has you know many restaurants. The one down in Jupiter called the Woods, who his uh, his girlfriend. Uh, manages one of the employees down there um, after work, obviously, in the restaurant business, as anybody knows, you know, the bartenders and the waiters, you know, are hanging out afterwards. Like to right. celebrate. And um, apparently Tiger was pouring everybody drinks or whatever, and uh, um, one of the employees ended up driving home and... Like it, who's had yeah, alcohol problems or whatever, and the family right. ended up filing a wrongful death suit. It's still something back your mind at the end of the day with everything else. Look, everything he's been through, he's been a machine. But do you really think that was in the back of his mind? He was cheating on his wife for how many years, and he was fucking dominating on the course? I, 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 I have a hard time believing that that was really coming into his head. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could be right. I mean, it's, it's still, maybe he doesn't have the distractions like he's used yeah, to also. I, I mean, I'm still of the opinion the reason why he's with that that woman is because she's allowing him to just be himself and just pipe whatever he wants. Sip all the waitresses. Yeah, that's why the boat's name's privacy. It's because they bring him back. And especially with all these New York honeys running out to Bethpage on Blade, um, he, he was having a good work in. And because, and we know that because that boat didn't leave on Friday when he was done with the tournament. It was there Saturday, Sunday. If the boats are rocking, don't yeah, come knocking. <laughs> he put a little sailor hat on the end of the door to make sure nobody comes aboard. I didn't even think the waters was that choppy, <laughs> apparently. But, but uh, so, so Brooks well, and how about so he followed suit like one guy that we were saying that could have a big tournament. That dude brought the wood the first two days. Well, he was playing a different tournament, and he was playing yeah. a different golf course. I should say. I mean. They're, 
reaching greens in two when nobody else could. It was wild to watch. It has more to do with how he's able to control the ball out of the thick rough. And um, and he's just been a, he's been able to put the ball off um, the tee like three ten in the air. You saw him cut that same hole every single time. The first hole, and then I believe it was the eleventh hole. He he just puts himself in prime in prime position. Right, going right over the tree into the fairway where nobody else is hitting it. But you know what? And speaking of the course, because the course is was set up for players like. Rory, Brooks, DJ, Justin Tom, well, Justin Thompson didn't play, but like long hitters who are able to take advantage of their drive and, and are able to, you know, work their way out of, out of situations like that. But you know what? And, and, I, and I've, I've been out to Bethpage, and, and I know the lore of, of Bethpage Black. It's just a very underwhelming course to me. Yeah, there's nothing about it. All the holes look pretty much all right. The same. And then the, the best part for me is all the New Yorkers well, out there. Well, that's why. Well, the Ryder Cup in 2024 is going to be magnificent because you're just going to have all the debauchery and and everything going on. That's the right. best part. Um, but there's just nothing about that course that really, like the 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 course has so much hype, but. Like I'm tired of seeing these guys like you know airmail greens because the greens are really hard and they roll off into the in, into like the high rough and it's like okay it stops and it's an easy chip up like they're not they're not you know getting hurt with shots like that yeah and and we see the last day everybody's over it's just right 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 and you know it could have been a lot worse I mean if if Brooks ended up staying like seven shots up like the entire the entire Sunday. You're just like, oh, here we go, here we go, but that would have been more fun for me, just maintaining domination. But then on the last day, I, just, I thought it, it needed to go one or two ways. It needed to, he either needed to just win it by twelve strokes and just go out on Sunday, or it needed to happen the way that it happened. Like, first of all, if you shoot plus four on a Sunday in a major tournament, you're not supposed to win. He just no, he just did work on on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to to put himself in that position. And then you have you have the crowds like cheering DJ at at, at Brooks and, and stuff like that, and they're like you know they're notoriously best friends, so just to see him kind of like you know sway and, and kind of see that it really ended up getting to him, but uh, uh, you know the guys won back to back PGAs and back to back US Opens, the first guy that's ever done that, and he's won four majors in eight tries. It's impressive. And you know, the, I think the. So I, I I think it's gearing up for fun pebble. I'll tell you that. Well, much. I think the over under on Brooks Kepka's majors is like seven and a half. So he's at four he's now. At four now. So twenty nine. Twenty nine. And let's just put this in perspective. The only players that have more than six major wins are Tiger, Jack, Ben Hogan. Gary Player, and I believe Tom Watson. And we've seen runs like this recently. Right, you saw right? from Speed Day. We saw with Rory. Day, right, we yep. saw it with Day. We've we've seen all these flame ups, and then flame downs. Right, it, it's just not necessarily flame downs. It's just they're not on top right. anymore. They're just middling. So it'll be interesting to see if he can keep it up. 
I just want to be able to see him perform in other tournaments as well because he's like non-existent in other tournaments but for whatever reason he comes out fucking firing in majors and you know that's great that you have that type of dominance on majors but you you want to see more from brooks like the reason why not many people get so hyped up for brooks is for that reason like he's never he's never in it every week he's never you know and granted he may have a different competitive drive where he's focusing more on the majors than anything else and that's probably you know his his own mandate but you know the guy is cocky as hell which is great you know he's just like his his you know his idol and tiger just do it and just go out there and don't change don't be like jordan speed the patrick reed you know pussification of america and of the pga tour of america like you know we don't want to see that just go out there and just bully everybody and that's what he's doing yeah i mean hopefully we get to see more competition at Pebble, it'll be fun, right? Because that's what we all want to see, and that's a fun, fun course. I hope the USGA doesn't ruin it. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've all, we've seen that happen plenty like, that of times. That would so. be the worst thing. I mean, the, so so tell the listeners a little bit how you feel they could ruin it. So we're we're talking we're unmaintained, rough. So the, so the difficulty with Pebble has a lot to do with more of the location, right? Mm-hmm. So the way that they have to maintain the course for a major tournament, let alone a major, but also any tournament, um, you need to make sure that the, the fairways are pristine because of the location on, on, on the Pacific. So that salt water always comes up and needs to be taken care of. That's the first thing. Second thing is the rough. Rough is always whether you want to see these players whacking it out of ankle-high rough or you want them to be able to try and score. If you want them to do that, then you need to make sure that those greens are running fast, and Pebble has fast greens. Um, even if you want to go and play Pebble by yourself, you know, besides the $800 nut that it's going to cost you, they recommend if you want it in its pure state, you need to play it a couple weeks before or a couple weeks after a, a pro tournament. Because they won't really keep it up the way that, you know, you would want for $800. It's too expensive. Yeah, it's too expensive to do that. Uh, The weather is going to be a really big deal. Obviously, the USGA can't control that. But, I mean, the the biggest draw about Pebble is just the location. You're you're in Monterey. You've got views and and, and shots into greens and, and into pin locations that are just on another level. So if you're talking about somebody who can really, really turn it on, Phil always plays well at, at Pebble. And the only thing that's missing for a career Grand Slam from Phil is the U.S. Open. So I think it sets up really well for him. Obviously, your boy Brooks, it sets up for. It has to. Absolutely. See if Fanu can have a nice bounce yeah, around. Tony, I was very surprised Tony Finau wasn't uh, wasn't involved this week. I, I didn't really no. see him. Xander was up and down. I thought we would see right. more. Um, I think Tiger, if we want to talk about Tiger at Pebble, he's got to play a tournament or two in between, or three maybe. I, I, I don't know when the U.S. Open is. It's but, short. It's right in June. Right. Uh, Father's Day so weekend, we got, right, is when we they got do a month. it. We got so a month. he needs to play a tournament. And we, we didn't touch on this before, and I guess this is a good time now. The, the reason why, and we're going to see this a lot from Tiger, where 
he's going to go and play a tournament and he's going to take a lot of time off because he can't practice and prepare the way he used to because of the way his body has kind of deteriorated over the years. So it wasn't a shock to me that he didn't make the cut because he hasn't played. There's one thing going in and preparing, getting everybody all hyped up in New York when you're there a week before, but you need to play, dude. And that's going to be the saga that we're going to see from him. And the best part about Pebble, too, for those of you who don't like golf, it's the perfect nap opportunity. You have the wave sounds crashing. Yeah, that's true. That dull, is true. Dull golf announcers just putting you right to bed. Oh, that is true. And I think after a nice Father's Day oh, barbecue. No, it's it's done by Fox, isn't it? So you have to listen to Joe Buck. I ain't falling asleep to fucking Joe Buck. I am uh, muting Joe Buck. That's the worst news I've heard. I'm pretty sure Fox has the USG, and I'm pretty sure he announces it. All right. Well, we don't have time in this podcast to tell you why Joe Buck sucks, but... Jesus. <laughs> Let's talk about a real knockout with, oh my God. with Wilder this weekend. Uh, I didn't watch any... So just to, just to clarify, I didn't watch any of the, pre, the pre-fights, the undercards. I just watched this. Fucking flash in a pan. <laughs> yeah, so, so you had um, Gary Russell Jr. was the other title fight okay. on the card. And his two other brothers, Gary's. Right. I wonder if they were there. Uh, but he his only loss is to Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. Amazing fast hands, uh, one twenty six pounder, so real light. But his hand speed is unreal, and he puts some off behind those punches. So he's fun to watch. Got a stoppage in the fight early on. Was just flooring. So it was fun to watch. Uh, some little guys. So he, he put on a good show. But when we talk about taking time off, that guy fights <laughs> one fight a year. I, I think he was saying it's really tough for him to find an opponent to fight. Uh, nobody really wants to fight him because he's that good. And finding lightweights that good is, is, is tough. Like when you're that small... In trying to find an opponent. And you're saying he, he I, just got off of a fight with Lomachenko? No, no. There was a little while oh, back. I was assuming uh, that didn't end Probably well. three years ago, almost. Yeah, yeah. Because Lomachenko... So, they're talking about maybe bumping him up to fight Lomo again, since Lomo also has tough times finding opponents. And it'd be fun. So it was, it was a fun first fight. Went to a decision. Lomo won. Did they won. have it at a catch weight? Or... Uh, I don't, I don't know. Because Lomachenko fights about I, I, like 130-ish. I don't know. Ish. 130 or 135 yeah. now. I think it's 135. Uh, Who's probably, who's probably ne- the best pound-for-pound pound fighter, arguably? In, in my opinion, pound-for-pound, pound, Lomo or Terrence Crawford. I love Terrence Crawford as well. So either one you can argue. What Loma does to embarrass people, it's ridiculous, but Terrence Crawford's fighting the bigger, heavier guys, and he's still able to switch up from orthodox to southpaw the way he throws his right. punches is just so crisp. The angles yeah, he, he gets, pretty it's well just too. absolutely. Yeah. He's he's fun to watch. Bang some power. Uh, I'd love to f- see him fight top tougher competition mm-hmm. now, though. And so it's a lot about what we talked about with with the way Top Rank has to deal with ESPN trying to these guys yeah. get to fight. Last year was amazing the way it happened, but. Um, 
in other regards, well, kind of to that point, right? The reason that the, the Fury rematch didn't happen is because Fury signed a deal with Top Rank right. right before, which was head-scratching. But apparently he got ripped off pretty mm-hmm. badly in the negotiations, didn't get as much. Which you could say... He kind of he, deserved, not right, deserved, his, but he, well, not deserved. But he wanted to donate. Then he donated right. all his money. So, but that's not the way you go about it. You you can get a better way at it. I, I just think he felt hosed, right? Because it was uh, Wilder's promotion, right? And he judges, got and he got like, robbed. Absolutely. So that's I, and this is the problem with the boxing world and why the boxing world has been struggling is because a lot of the promoters ended up owning what goes into these fights and he's probably sitting there thinking I and we looked at the the judges scorecards and, and the, the nonsense that that one that one referee uh, the one judge ended up having yeah. he, he's probably sitting there thinking you know what I'm going to go regardless of reputation or whatever and he's going to make sure that he's set up, that that shit doesn't happen he, again. He went to the underworld and then came back up to life somehow, so I don't blame him. But not taking anything away from Fury or Wilder that fight because... No, he landed two. His power was legit. But it always has been. Like he, The guy is, what, 41-0-0, the tie to Fury, the draw to Fury. 41-0-1. 41-0-1, excuse me. With 40 Ks. Right. And just so you guys know, he knocked the fuck out of Brazil Brazil uh, in, the in the first, first round, round with a nasty one-two combination that ended up crippling him. And I and I right when right when he dropped that, I ended up texting you and I was like, "Yo, I want to post this video so bad," <laughs> but there's definitely you know uh, restrictions of me doing so. But yeah, it's just fun yeah. to watch, man. I. There hasn't been a knockout artist like this since Tyson. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just the heavyweight division's fun now, and we were getting good boxing fights. Hopefully it can continue. But this is why I don't, uh, you know, good thing I had Showtime, you know, by, by default, and I was able to, to watch the fight. But yeah, it's a good thing. There's nobody in the ring. And and I and I tweeted this, you know, after after the knockout. There's nobody that deserves to get into that ring besides Fury or Anthony Joshua. It it just there's no reason to. Um, the guy, I I consider Wilder a free swinger who obviously carries a heavy hand. But you saw in the Fury fight that if you can box, you can beat Wilder. Yes, no. He not only boxes, but he has the head movement and the angles you're talking, of a you're talking about Fury. I'm talking right. about Fury, right. which is pretty ridiculous for an upper And especially at his size. Yeah, Joshua is not moving like that. He can box. He has the standard traditional right. boxing, but he's not moving. He's not giving you the head movement that Fury Absolutely is. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And Fury is just so awkward. He's very hard to hit the way he stands. The way he moves. The, the different right. angles he takes. Yeah, he doesn't take the traditional movements. Right. And remember. Damn Jippos. <laughs> and remember. Nobody beat him. He, the only person that beat him was himself. You know, he had his he had his demons. The unfortunate part about this whole process with getting these guys to fight is that the the chronological order of how this is probably going to go is Wilder is going to have to fight in a rematch with Fury. Uh, it actually might be he might actually fight Luis Ortiz. Well, I'm just saying for the for we're talking about those three fighters that we want to see fight. Yeah, he'll probably fight Ortiz. But didn't Ortiz almost catch? 
Wilder. Not even catch. He, he's a good boxer also. He was undefeated, big Cuban, older, around right. 38, 39. Um, had Wilder in trouble. Yeah. And then Wilder, same thing. Bounced right. him. Well, that was the thing why everyone was telling Fury. It was like, get away from him. Don't, like, you won this, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you know what? credit, he no. didn't. And he, and he was, he almost, <laughs> and he was winning the round until, you know, he got knocked down and then the Undertaker, you know, pushed him up through the ring. But, like, I I just wish that there wasn't so much. If, if they fight again, he has to come out and Undertaker guard. A hundred, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. The place would a thousand go percent. nuts. A thousand percent. Who would be his Paul Bear? Me. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Got to beef you up yeah. a little bit. But, you know, chronologically, it's going to have to be that rematch. Because Joshua, we all know his reputation. He likes dodging and not dodging, but he picks his own fights. Right. And give you perspective, he knocked uh, Bruce Gale out in the eighth round. So... There's your power difference. I know, man. but and like and, and it wasn't even just a one punch knockout. It was that he had nothing. He couldn't come close to him within a punch. Looked so awkward out there. It was so this faced. Is, uh, uh, Joshua, right? Who are you talking about? No, uh, oh, Bruce Hale. Oh, excuse me. Uh, versus Wilder, he he was just so awkward. Couldn't land anything. It was just. Very out of place. And this is two guys with uh, bad beef. Goes back two right. years ago in Alabama. After a fight, they got into it. I don't know. Wife's name's maybe calling Hotel Lobby. He said this. He said whatever. It's typical promotion nonsense. Exactly. Got into it. No, there was some bad no, blood. Because you, you had Wilder talking about catching a body. Well, so. he's been talking about catching a body for years. But he, he just wanted to put this guy. He's a bad, yeah, bad, bad man. Dude. You knew Tuscaloosa, Alabama guy. I mean, bronze bomber. How about that, too? Two ex-football uh, players, right? One with the uh, – Wilder had the full ride to Alabama, right. and then uh, Briscoe was the Northern Colorado right, quarterback. Right, exactly. That's a big quarterback. Yeah, I think it was Michael King, one of the old owners of the Nets, uh, Yankees part right. owner. He had this thing way back when where he would get great athletes and convert them to boxers. And Bruce Gale was the last of that, of of that. that generation. Because right. he, he recently passed away, mm-hmm. but that was kind of his, his last thing. I, th- I think it started off with, like, over 300 guys that he had. Really? Yeah, it, it was a big thing. He was a big, avid boxing huh. fan and then got these guys to convert. It's really wow, interesting. Yeah. Wow. See, what is with the whole Bronze Bomber nickname? Like, if I won a bronze medal at the Olympics, I wouldn't be that proud of it. Especially when, like, I would be proud. Excuse me. I should re- say, restate that. I would be proud to win a bronze medal for my country. I'm just shitting on the Olympics. <laughs> no. I would be proud to win a bronze medal. But the problem is the guy that has been trying to fight you or vice versa won a gold medal in the Olympics. Does he become the gold bomber? If he I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just funny that he's, he's you know, proclaimed himself the bronze also, bomber. Dresses like a king when he walks yeah, out. So. I mean that 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 whole thing is. Oh, those couldn't. Uh, can, what do you call them? I don't. What? Some dancers that they're having. Oh, when he was like all contorting, they were contorting yeah, their body. Or yeah, whatever. contortionist. Yeah, or, I, I don't know. How are you pronouncing that? I have that? no idea. None whatsoever. I was freaked out. I was like, all right, let's go. All right, Come on, let's, go. let's move it. I thought they were going to start rolling or something on the. Does it bother me? <laughs> the shoulder movements? Yeah, and you know the past shoulder injuries that I have, I was just like feeling the pain as they were, you know, rotating them in and out of their sockets. 
Yeah, I was about to need another labrum <laughs> surgery after watching that. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it's going to be a ne- an interesting next couple of uh, couple of months with uh, what's going to happen with Wilder, Joshua, and Fury. So I hope they do fight. Um, you know, obviously, money and promoters are getting in the way, but you know, those are the fights that we want to see. Yeah, and speaking about disappointments, Ugh. KOs, got man, just the last two seasons just put it out its misery, knocked it out of my top five. I know. So that's why we want to bring this conversation right. up. So what's what's our now top five of completed? So can shows? we can we first talk about it? Can we talk about Correct. it? Should we talk about it? So any, anyone who hasn't listened or watched it, you're under a fucking rock. So. I don't and, really and, care and about it. If you so. are missing out on the episode, then you're probably doing yourself a favor. You're actually, yeah, better off. Just, just watch the first yeah. six. Even after five, just turn it off. Walk no, away. you could do six. Battle of the Bastards, that, that whole that season was good. I, first of all, I am telling people that haven't watched game, like I, I thought they ended this series so poorly that I've been telling people that um, haven't seen the show and said, oh, I want to wait till it's all done and kind of binge watch it. I'm like, don't. Don't. Talk talk about a downfall. A written in top five show. Top, top two. Yeah. One. Takes a stumble. Just missed everything that it was great at. Storytelling, taking its time with building the characters. You have all the facts, right? You do one thing. There's an adverse effect for what you do. There's no consequences. Was no consequences. No details. It was just. Well, you could see the difference it, in the two seasons, right? Like after yeah. season six, George R. R. Martin, who's the author, ended up telling HBO, it was like because he was writing other books, not Game of Thrones, and it was like, I, all right, here's what you should. Here's what should happen. Take it upon yourselves to make it happen. Right, and I understand you have all these actors. They want to go do other things. Well, but it was actually the writers that wanted to do other things. The actors yeah. had no. First of all, name one actor or an actress that's from Game of Thrones that is actually, you know, headlining other movies right now. Besides um, Sophie Turner, and she's headlining because she's married to a Jonas Brothers, and she's in X-Men. Who is Danny's bodyguard, really? Um, What's his name? Oh, uh, He was in the show Jack Taylor. Yeah, yeah. No, not Grey Worm. Oh, uh, what's his name? I know who you're talking about. The one who died. The one who died in uh, protecting him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, he's in. He's in some good stuff. But like nothing like you know, uh, big. I mean Robert Stark. No, Rob just Stark. Big. It was it was an Irish documentary yeah. or an Irish TV show. But uh, Rob Stark's uh, his the actor portraying him is was in is in that new show on Netflix, Bodyguard, which is actually pretty decent. Mm. All right. So so. Yeah, I mean it was it was just big disappointment. They waste all this money on CGI dragons. Yeah, and there's two types of people. There's people who enjoy the show for what it was, and there's you know people who just you know if there was a dragon, oh, it's the fucking best episode ever. Stop. Yeah, they they can fuck stop. Off with stop. I wasted nine years for that nonsense. Anyway, so now since this since this show has dropped out of both of mine and Ryan's top five, Ryan and I really wanted to kind of go into our top five favorite shows. Um, and obviously this isn't a sports podcast, but, you know, the thing about uh, TV shows and you saw 
um, if you were on the Twitter sphere, you know, all the athletes and, 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 and celebrities, like, look, Aaron Rodgers was in um, one of the episodes where he's running through the galley, getting, getting burned by Daenerys' dragon. So, you know, yeah, I hated that too, because Aaron Rodgers can't run that fast. But like, but you know, these these TV shows are kind of in, involved in like the pop culture, so we kind of wanted to bring bring this into into the conversation. So, what's the criteria? Criteria is the shows have to be off the air now. Okay. So that rules that rule applies as well as. So Ryan and I have an interesting conversation about what's a show and what's technically like a mini series. Which is which is tough for us because I consider one of the best miniseries or television series of all time, Band of Brothers. If you haven't watched Band of Brothers and don't know what the fuck Band of Brothers is, go home and watch Band of Brothers. Start it right now. Like, do yourself a favor. My thing is, they have a second season I, called The I, Pacific. I know. Wait, they have what? Say that again? The Pacific. See, so that's, so that's my thing, right? So this is this is where I, like, Band of Brothers, it goes into the lines of True Detective, too. Like, Different characters. I get it. I would love for them to do a Vietnam version, by the way. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That would be good. Can we get a petition uh, for that, could. please? We could. Yeah, Seriously. We could. Something good. We could throw it out there. But, um... Yeah, Band of Brothers yeah, Pacific. Band of Both Tom Hanks, Both right? Direct, producer, produced them. I think didn't right. direct, but yeah. Uh, so uh, that's kind of we. I believe are taking out Band of Brothers from from our top five list. Are you keeping it in? Oh, I'm keeping okay. it in. All right. So I won't be taking into account those types of shows. My, my the shows that I'll be putting in my top. The five. argument is right because True Detective. TV show, American Horror Story TV show. These all have different. Yeah, but with American American Horror Story, they have different preferences. But the seasons all have links to prior seasons. So they're all. It always goes back to like in American Horror Story. It always goes back to the first house, or it goes back to Asylum. Or there there are subtle inclinations throughout the show. Yeah, but is, is that? more nature now because fans get their rocks off because you're referencing no, a previous I mean, show. I, I, I'm not one of those people that do that, so I, I just... There are a lot I do, out there. I do, but in, in for sakes of this conversation and this poll, I think it's... like America, First of all, American Horror Story is just utter crap now, so like you know that wouldn't even make it anyway. But... Um, we obviously have two different types of criteria, so Ryan's going to give um, his number one, and we're just going to go um, back and forth, and we're going to tell the reasons why. Do you want to start with five? Uh, no, let's, let's start, start with the top? one. Okay. Yeah, we'll start from... Yeah, what, what are we doing a countdown for? Let's, let's get right <laughs> okay, to it. Just, you know what? So, so for, for so me, the, the, the end-all, be-all show in God wouldn't never even touched was The right. Wire. From, it, it's just they they're the ones who built the whole world each season was a different part of that world and all the characters interacted it kind of laid the groundwork and the in-depth detail for any show to come right. after it and it, it was just so well written so well thought out and the characters were so well portrayed it, it's just nothing else like it and, and everything intertwined it was 
so many little aspects that I hit on, little subtleties. Uh, and with the character development, you see them grow. You see what they become. It, for me, it was just the most amazing TV show that I can even go back and rewatch now. Right. You, if you know some of the technologies are a little bit different, but well, yeah. I think uh, any show that has Michael K. Williams in it, uh, it is, is 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 something that also. Think about all the a- actors who took off after that show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that um, many people don't know, uh, Brown University actually has a class based on, based on The Wire. Based on The Wire? Based on The Wire. <laughs> so uh, I actually agree with Ryan, which rarely happens on this show. Um, I think that The Wire is, is my top show of all time. Um, and... If we were to really kind of get down into it, I agree with Ryan. The detail paved the way for shows like Game of Thrones and shows like Boardwalk Empire. I'm just sticking with what's been on HBO. Uh, it, it, it just makes it just makes for great television. And, and some people end up getting a hard on um, the, the second season with the Greeks, but I thought that that season was very good as well. Yeah, because you had some annoying characters in there, but it it painted such a great Absolutely. picture of the deteriorating economy of Baltimore. Why it was the shipbuilding hub, right. right? They had all this transport in there, and then how the drugs got in there. So it was the suppliers. It wasn't who you would think was supplying all the drugs, Absolutely. and the way they worked the system, how they worked the system, the way it went mm-hmm. through it, and how it connected to the right. season. It was just a crucial element. Right. I I agree. And listen, Ryan and I love love the wire so much that um, our, our fantasy football team's name is after uh, after a character in the wire. Partlers, Partlers, Prodigies. So, you know that uh, that should really speak volume to you know kind of how much we respect that show. So you know, good on HBO. So HBO's got one after that dumpster fire they put on. <laughs> All right. So number two. Yeah. Yeah. Number two for me, I'm going to have to go with Breaking Bad, I guess. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, I, I thought that was another really well-thought-out show. It fell out, like, fell off for me a little bit to the later mm-hmm. seasons, just some of the shit they were trying to throw out there. And then a lot of people don't like the last season. I thought it was good. I, I thought it wrapped it all up nicely, and you saw what Walter became. Right. Um, and then the way it ended, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought they did a good job throughout. Like I said, I'll keep touching on that character development, mm-hmm. the way they portrayed everyone, how everyone grew. Yes, they had some annoying right, characters right. also, but well, like every show does. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good show. Okay, so um, I don't have uh, Breaking Bad um, that that high. Um, I. I was actually struggling with with this with this pick for two reasons. One, mm-hmm. the show was before. Like I had to just like the wire. I had to rewatch the show, and I or actually not rewatch. I had to watch this show, and I just recently finished this show. And I think the number two show for me all time has to be The Sopranos. And I used to rip about it because, you know, of its repetition a little bit. Uh, But at the end of the day, 
I was actually a fan of how they ended it. Yeah, and the the only knock I have for it was, it, and I get it, they were trying to do a lot of things mm-hmm. with it, but was all the dream sequences and all, they, they could have left those parts out with the psychiatrist visits, trying to make those mean stuff. Right. You know, you're never going to get that element. You're never going to be able to portray that for people and get that in the imagination. Right, but I, it, it's just too hard. But I, I give them credit for trying. So, I mean, that's my number three. So I'm right okay. there with you. So I, so let's talk about this a little bit more since, since we're here. I, I thought the idea of an Italian, first of all, being mm-hmm. going and opening up to a therapist. Now, I'm Italian, and I know the difficulty for, for us to kind of like open ourselves yeah. up and talk. Um, then let alone being the head of, you know, the, a New Jersey crime family, kind of telling somebody everything and then it coming to the point where your crew finds out and they don't know how to react because of where they come from. And that's just kind of the basis of everything that kind of goes on. Yeah. And how about this? It was so real that the real crime family in New Jersey thought they were uh, had wires right, on them or were right. talking to them like it, it was so true to form they were doing a lot of the same right, things going a lot of, hanging out a lot of the same deli not the same but like right, right around like and that that was one of my f- favorite aspects of the show was everything was authentic every place in that show in the lead up and when you watch the the introduction you can go to that place in right. real life and the way that James Gandolfini you know uh, rest in peace played that character like you sit there you're sitting there and you're like why does he why is he breathing like that is it because he's so heavy he's like, he actually did that for the role like that's what that's what he wanted and, and saw out of that role and I mean you know I, I I wasn't in that time period I wasn't watching it as it was out um, but um, going back and rewatching it I'm glad that I did because I put it at number two I have to I still wonder what happened to the Russian from Pinelands. It's <laughs> <laughs> the greatest mystery ever. Well, at least they—at least that's only one question that we have in regards to uh, what happened in that show. Unlike that fucking nonsense they put on on. <laughs> so, so who do you have for so, three? What show? So here's my thing, and and for three, if I wasn't doing, if I included one se- season and it was its own show. Number mm-hmm. three, I would put at the night of. Mm, that's a good so choice. Michael K. Williams, obviously. Uh, yeah. So the the show is basically about a um, Middle Eastern uh, person who ends up getting caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, and is basically you know convicted because of this situation and because of you know his race is convicted of this yep. terrible crime and then comes in a very unorthodox lawyer who is trying the case but the idea of the entire show is to show the kind of relationships with people have when they go to prison especially what happens in Rikers Island because it's based in New York and I think it, it just has so many different uh, peaks and valleys that you know make shows like that great um, you know, it was only one season, so it kind of, you know, is probably more for your list than mine. But it, from an entire series standpoint, Sons of Anarchy is my third favorite season. Oh, that's a good one. And everybody yeah. knows uh, Sons of Anarchy, biker gang out in California running drugs and guns, or running guns, 
and then trying to run drugs and then the the kind of the back and forth between the two powers and it ends up coming into you know coming to a head kind of upset i left that off my list did you it's not on your list you of all people not on my list you were the one who got me into that too i know i was faithful and i just forgot about it man wow so all right i'm not not gonna amend my list now i'm gonna stick it to my guns I would love to amend my list. <laughs> so I have. Uh, so, my, I have so my uh, third favorite is uh, is Sons of Anarchy. Uh, w- with my fourth, I'm going to do it anyway and put Band okay. of Brothers on there. All right. I would love to incorporate Generation Kill, but I won't because that was just the one series. Also by David Simon, who did The Wire. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I including Band of Brothers, even though it's listed as a miniseries, I don't really mm-hmm. care. Because they created a second season in the Pacific. Same premise. Different war. Same. Right? Different war. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking oh, it. Oh, yeah, just, yeah. Just... No, no, same war. Still, still World War II. Oh, okay. Just a uh, different, different area, yes. arena. Right? Pacific versus right. Uh, over in Europe. But, yeah, I, I, I think that was one of the originals. I mean, you, you could have argued Oz for me, too, if you want to include one of the original OG yeah, shows. Yeah, I tried getting into Oz, and I couldn't. It, it's rough to get into yeah, now, man. It, it, that's really tough. It's, it's way back, um, and, and just some of the stuff they show on. Well, it's not, I just, uh, I tried watching it, and it was really tough for me to get through, just from the visuals and everything. It's different different time. Mm, yeah, exactly. It's, it's hard to right, go back Especially then. what you're trying to show. But yeah, I'm gonna stick to Band of Brothers. It's just okay. When you watch that, you, it just moves you. You right. know what I mean? It's it's just something about it, the brotherhood, everything that they went through, and you feel it as they go through right. everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if I was putting mini series on there, um, that Band of Brothers, I, I agree, would be my my number four. Uh, so at my number four, this is this is. This is, <laughs> I really, 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 really like, I'm torn. I went either between Eastbound and Down, <laughs> which, which I'm, it's either Eastbound and Down or Entourage, and I think I'm going to go with Eastbound and Down. Uh, just, if you, I, it's very difficult to explain. If nobody's ever watched it. You just have to. It's a comedy uh, with uh, Danny McBride, who they're actually coming out with a new show uh, with uh, John Goodman and what's his name from Love uh, uh, John. What's the guy's name from Comedy Central? He was in like Pitch Perfect or whatever. Adam Levine, Adam Devine, whatever his name is. I don't know. You, everybody knows who. Not Maroon Five, the other guy. I was about to say one's a boy band singer. <laughs> so yeah. So the premise around Eastbound and Down is basically he is like this pitcher for you know major league baseball yeah, f- fell off from the pros right. you know it's kind of like um major league baseball right. <laughs> went down the minors nothing right. dumb but it, it's just it's hysterical. a hysterical show so i wanted to throw a comedy in there to kind of give it a little life but uh but that yeah. that's my four <laughs> so my fifth one i thought about entourage i loved the early on right. episodes and just at the end, it just fell off. They missed everything they were great right. at to me. Seems like a common theme in HBO. So I'll go with one show that we watched all throughout Iraq, which is surprisingly The O.C. Get out of oh, here. Yeah, yeah, man. 
It would provide all our drama. It was one of those shows that was just guilty pleasure right. show. Yeah, I know. Okay. And now I'm kind of like I would I would classify like Eastbound and Down as like my guilty pleasure show, but the OC that's that's yeah. way to one up you. That's way back. <laughs> Who's your favorite? I mean Ryan, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, the OC. Wow. I'm I'm a little jealous of that. <laughs> I am. I I have to admit that. Okay. Yeah, I guess you don't even need to go any detail. And then my my fifth is like I said, uh, Breaking Bad is my fifth favorite. I am of the of the uh, stance. I didn't like how it ended. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that the character development made that show great. Obviously, everybody hating. Uh, Walter White's wife is just like one of the one of the right. best uh, um, acting job jobs you can ask for. Uh, and you know, I, you spoke about Breaking Bad. That's just kind of kind of it. Um, so yeah, so those are based on the shows that that are done. Now you want to do like a quick top favorites of the shows that you're watching now. I mean, favorites watching now. I think True Detective really redeemed itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still have questions about number right. three, but we won't get into that. It's it's, it's getting better. I uh, love me some Rick and Morty. You are one of those guys, okay? <laughs> show is hilarious, very well thought right. out, and talk about a show that always references um, previous episodes, mm-hmm. like meaning and all. Um, I think if we were sticking on the cartoon aspect, another good one would be Archer. Mm-hmm. Very hysterical, quick-witted, rapid-fire jokes. Um, I mean, you can't count out the originals like Family Guy, Simpsons, all that stuff, but they just drag on too long for me. Obviously. What else? Trying to think. So if I were to go, I would go probably um, Westworld. Westworld, definitely. Uh, I was of the people that thought Westworld, the first two seasons, were better than Game of Thrones' first two seasons, so... Like if Westworld continues on its trajectory, and they they have a star-studded lineup coming up for season three. Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad is in season three of Westworld. So great, I can hate so, him again. So you have that going for you. Uh, Stranger Things on Netflix is just fire. So you know, there's that's you know, no pun intended. Uh, and then probably like my third favorite, and uh, I don't even know. Like that show Barry on HBO is actually pretty fucking funny. Um, I just finished it the other day, so that's kind of really just fresh in my mind. So, but yeah, there's a lot out there. Yeah, there's so much yeah, content, so, especially with everything's going on with Netflix. Billions is good too. Billions is phenomenal. yeah. They definitely got new writers because they're on another level in this season. Yeah, they're, they're starting to come yeah. back. I mean, some of the shit you do, you just scratch your head and then you just move on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you just move on. But uh, speaking of moving on, you know, I think um, we're looking forward to what's going on with the 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 NBA moving forward, and obviously um, the fighting world. Tweet us your top fav- your top five favorite shows. Give us your criteria. You know, maybe you agree or disagree with Ryan. You know, make sure you let us know. Don't hold anything back. And uh, you know, Ryan, what, what what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got going on this Memorial Day weekend? Lots of beers, lots of grilling. Some fun in the oh, sun. Boy. All right, well, everybody enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. And as always, thank you for joining us. This is No Holding Back.